At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This is a podcast from Minute Media. You're listening to the Eyes on Isles podcast with Matt O'Leary and Mitch Anderson. Hello and welcome to the Eyes on Isles podcast, episode number 236. What is going on? I am Matt O'Leary alongside Mitch Anderson. Mitch, how's it going, my friend? Good. I started watching uh, Ted Lasso again for the fifth time. This is my oh. fifth time watching it over. I absolutely love that show. And um, I, I bounced back and forth because I, I know the storyline already, so it doesn't really matter if I, if I watch it in order. So I, I jumped to the, um, the darts episode. Because that 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 whole thing is just absolutely. I love every minute of that episode. Every minute of it. Oh, mm. what do you it, do with a with a tough cookie? You dip him in milk. Ha! Yes. That's a great line. And I have to get on the Ted Lasso bandwagon. It's on my list of shows that I eventually have to watch. I've just, as of last night, officially caught up on Yellowstone. So I am in the department for a new television program. So it might have to be Ted Lasso. Yeah, it's not long. There's only three seasons. I don't really know why I don't know this off the top of my head, seeing as I've watched it five times. But um, yeah, it's not a super like uh, you can binge it in a weekend easy. Love that. And they're they're half hour episodes. So and it's absolutely incredible. Jason Sudeikis. Oh, my God. Perfect. He's a beauty. We love him. Mm -hmm. So what's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. Like I said, I finished Yellowstone. I'm like, what the <laughs> hell am I going to do now? Um, and then I tried to stay up for the Islander game last night, made it through about the second period, and then, uh, well, kind of conked out, not going to lie. Yeah, I made it to Matthew Bar. The last thing I remember is Matthew Barzell taking a hooking penalty in the third, and that that's it. It was lights out for me after that. Yeah, so we, the Islanders won last night. Well, we're recording this on a Wednesday night, and late last night or early this morning, whenever you want to yeah. word it, the, the Islanders <laughs> won, but that doesn't really take away from what is going to happen here in the next few weeks, which is kind of what we want to focus on. It's going to be a rumors heavy podcast, Mitch, which is always a fun one. So why don't we go through and talk about everyone who's been rumored to be a target of someone, what we think is going to happen with them. I'll let you start us off. Where do you want to go first? Um, well, we have to start with the obvious ones. So we, we've got to start with the UFAs, right? So that, that includes uh, Cal Clutterbuck, Zidane Ochara, Zach Parise. Parise, I guess is how he pronounces it. Although I, I keep wanting to say Parise, whatever. That, that's how his dad did it. That's how I want to do it. Um, so yeah, Parise, uh, Andy Green. And I feel like I'm missing someone here, but that's the four. So that's, that's about it. 
Yeah. And then there's other ones that we can get to in a sec, but I think we have to start with those four guys. So maybe we start with Cal Clutterbuck as the first one. I think he's going to draw the most interest. Yeah, I agree. And supposedly one of the rumors was Minnesota was there. Or no, excuse me. I'm sorry. I apologize. It was Joe Sackick was there watching uh, Cal Clutterbuck, which is um, interesting because that's not really there, like stylistically what they do, but I guess you could have the argument they maybe need that on their on their fourth line. It would be an improvement for them there. Well, so the thing I, I looked at the the numbers comparing who they've got on their fourth line. I even thought about doing the the top six or bottom six for Colorado, but their third line, Cal Clutterbuck, is not an upgrade no. to the third line. It's a significant downgrade. Uh, but I thought, okay, well, what about their fourth line? And while he doesn't really give them much more production, he gives them physicality. Like I, I think they per 60 hits is like five to eight, whereas Cal Clutterbuck is 17. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's a massive difference. Wow. It's a huge it like difference. That. And he's like, he doesn't take a lot of penalties. I think their lowest in terms of the, the two wingers that they have on the fourth line, Darren Helm and Logan O'Connor, I believe um, their penalties per 60 again is like 1.1. And I think two point something, 2.05, maybe Cal Clutterbuck is 0.92. So he's giving you that physicality, but he's not really penalizing you for it. Like, and not just like a little bit more. We're talking about double to almost triple, maybe not, yeah, triple yeah. depending on the player, more physicality if you're just measuring hits. That is something that the Colorado Avalanche do not have. And then you, you tack on the fact like, yeah, he's physical in your face, but he doesn't make runs to the box necessarily. That's a huge asset. Well, he's not stupid. Like yeah. I think that's kind of he's yeah. not he's not reckless <laughs> on the ice as or a reckless fourth line because you know the ones who just mm -hmm. kind of they they're extremely physical they just run around like mad and they get usually called dirty I don't think like Cal Clutterbuck isn't really classified as a dirty player he's a physical player but I think there's a line sometimes someone can be both physical and dirty but not necessarily both and I think Cal. Obviously, he's on the physical side. He's on pace for over 300 hits this year. Like It's like 2015 all over again for Cal Clutterbuck. He's just hitting everything in sight. But as you said, and we talked about it a little bit last week, someone's going to value that. Someone's definitely going to want to bring that in. And I know Colorado doesn't have a second-round pick this year because, well, Devontae's. Um, so, we already have it. <laughs> yeah. But would you take uh, a third for Cal, or is that – too low do you think there's gonna be a higher bidder i think if the the value is a third right now you wait to the trade deadline you're in no rush to move for 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 a third if that's what it is come trade deadline then so be it whatever like he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the year you're not making the playoffs anyways why the hell not you have nothing to lose if you're getting a third round pick yeah that's not like outstanding but it's an extra dart and or an extra trade chip, right? Like mm -hmm. if you're trying to move someone or bring someone in, you've got something else to throw at the board or, or throw in the package that is. So so why not? But that is not a deal I make today. No, you're right. Push for a second round pick today, but third round pick at the trade deadline, right? Yeah, because I feel like the, the second rounder has jumped out to me. And I think we talked about it last week with that kind of being where we stand on that and Clearly, I mean, Colorado doesn't have one for this year. So if you are taking a second rounder, it'd be for 2023. So would you consider that or no? I No. That's too far away, but 
Then again, like the idea of bringing in draft picks for the Islanders isn't like we need these these draft picks. We need more draft picks right now because we're not really looking to bring in draft picks to necessarily draft them either. Right. Like if we have to, whatever, I guess that's not there's no loss. But the Islanders are looking to bring in something that they could use to bring them quality or yeah quality now. Right. Like in a second round pick next year. Not really doing, not moving the needle today, right? At best, moving the needle four years from now, probably, if it comes no. a second round pick. No, but I mean, to, I I tend to agree with you, but to play devil's advocate, maybe at the trade deadline next year, it could play a factor. That is, that's the other argument. And that's an absolutely fair argument going, well, we've got it and we don't need to draft it, but we could use it eventually. I wouldn't hold out for a second round pick next year. And, it, and if it comes to that, it's it's a second plus then. Um, but ideally for Cal Clutterbuck, I'm holding out for a second round pick this year. Yeah, and honestly, he's probably been the Islanders' best fourth liner this year. Matt Martin struggled. And Casey Zekas recently has started to turn it around a little bit. But earlier in the year, he wasn't very good. Cal has probably been you know the most consistent on that line all year. Yeah, absolutely. There's, there's no doubt about it. There's going to be um, interest in Calculator, but we've already seen it. The $3.5 million cap hit isn't that big of a deal. Um, most of these teams are going to have trade deadline space or, yeah. or the Islanders can withhold money, right? They can hold it. They, what do they care? Right? Yeah, like you need it to work? Cool. I'll hold half and then your value just goes up even more. Oh, that, that's a great point because they have, I think it's $13 million in cap space at the deadline. So. I mean, if, if they have to, re- it it doesn't matter to them. They could eat the whole thing if they really wanted. You're right. Like you're going to give us the first if we give them for free. Deal. Um, obviously, it's never going to come to that. I don't think right. you can. I think that you max you can hold is fifty percent. Right. Well, I was just like theoretically, you know. What yeah. I, mean? I, I that that's the right. The, the point you're making is that they, they got the room to hold it. Like, what is keeping? And, and when we're saying keeping, like. They're not, I don't know what his contract situation is in terms of real dollars. Like, is he actually getting paid $3.5 million? I, I would imagine it probably is, because why would it be, you know, that wild differentiation? Uh, but but if so, then, you know, maybe you, you got extra room to work with. So let's bring it up here. Yeah, he's getting actually paid $2.5 million of actual salary. Okay, and obviously a chunk of that has been paid already this year. Exactly. So, like, what is it to the Islanders to hold half of that? Because it's not actually holding half of it. Three quarters of the season is going to be played, and he's already being paid less than two point uh, than three point five. So, like, you're really holding what at this point? Yeah, exactly. So, I I agree. I think Clutter probably gets moved. Um, who knows? Maybe they'll try to bring him back after after they they move him. That wouldn't be the most shocking thing either, but. I think it would make sense if a team is going to offer you a second round pick for him. I think you do it. Yeah. And I think we're, we're both to the point where it's not going to be a second round today. Unless some teams like I need to get him in the lineup now. I don't want to wait because we are just under a month, right? March 21st is the trade deadline. So we are a month of minus two days till that deadline hits. So like deals are starting to happen now. I don't imagine everyone's going to anyone's going to rush to bring in Cal Clutterbuck necessarily. No, 26 days. Yeah. Like, you're bringing in Cal Clutterbuck, not because, like, I need to integrate him in the lineup. It's, Cal, I'm bringing you in to do your thing. Just do what you did there, here, and we're going to be all good, baby. Yeah. I mean, it, he's not going to have the same chemistry that he had with Martin and Zekas, but he's still gonna he's still a useful piece in his role. And 
Someone's going to pay, like we said. Um, someone else who uh, his stock just continues to rise, another forward who's going to be a UFA. Mitch, this one's going to hurt like a bitch when he gets traded, but Zach Parise. Um, I know it's weird because he's he's only been here for a few months. He's 37 years old, but, man, he just plays hard every night, and he's the production's there. He put up three points last night. He's got 19. He's tied for fifth on the Islanders in points this year now with 19. Um, I shake my head because that sucks, but in so much as a guy on a league minimum deal should be fifth on the team, but I, I, that's obviously great, and I'm glad for him. I still keep thinking back to that one executive who's like, he's got nothing left in the tank. Come on. He's Come on pace on. for 34 points on a league like, minimum deal. That's pretty damn good. Right, like, yeah, he's not breaking scoring records. We all know that, but he's still a hell of a player to have, and he does... All the things you want a a bottom six player to do, implicated down down low, playing hard along the boards, making smart plays, rarely taking penalties. Like it, this is the guy you want on your team, and the compete level is there. Um, so like this this has to be something that that the Islanders are sad to lose, but they're gonna get something for him. And by that, I don't think it's gonna be a huge package, right? No, but like I think you're in a similar ballpark with Cal, like a second or a third. But someone is gonna value that. He seems like a, a perfect third liner on a, a team that is trying to make a deep playoff run. He has the experience where he's put up, you know, twenty five, thirty goals in a year. He's not that kind of player anymore. But we see it all the time on these teams who go on deep runs. They need you need your depth in order to to go on these runs. It can't just be these top heavy teams all the time and if there's ever someone to give you a timely goal it's Parise he's done it this year on a crappy Islanders team yeah, he has um you're right he's not the player he was in what like 2008 2009 when he had 45 goals right. but you're not bringing him in to do that either you're bringing this in this guy in to be exactly like you said a depth player because some teams, not every team has a good third line. Not every team does. Some of them are like, we're really missing a third line left wing. Zach Parise is like, hello. Because um, that's, he doesn't sound like that. He's got a much better voice than that. I make him sound like a loser, but he's certainly not. Um, he's just waiting there going like, I, I, I am the perfect fit. And he is. Someone is going to pay to bring in Zach Parise. So you're in the same boat there, you think? Like a second or third round pick, potentially? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not really... I don't really care what we get because it, it's I'm considering it as almost free, right? It's yeah. not because they still have to pay $750,000 to get it done. But like Zach Parise took seven fifty because that's that's the lowest he could that, that he, he was going to be getting paid. Like he's still getting paid from the Minnesota Wild, <laughs> right? right? So like he doesn't necessarily care about the payout. He just wanted to come to the Islanders, and so he got it done. And we, if we get a third-round pick out of it for free, really, I'm, I'm golden. Yeah, a free third-round pick is great for me. No, absolutely. And I, I like I said, that one's going to hurt because he's been really good for this team, but another one that's probably pretty necessary to do. It is. And like you said with Cal Clutterbuck, doesn't mean he can't come back. Doesn't mean he can't. No, absolutely not. Um, let's stick forwards are there any other or do you want to stick ufas before we go to other guys 
let's stick to UFAs. I know who you were trying to get to, but let's stick to UFAs and we'll bring him up in a second there. Okay. Well, we might be able to loop these two guys together because it's yeah. essentially the same thing. Old lefty veteran experience on the back end in Zidane Chara and Andy Green. Now, I don't know. I don't think you're going to get close to what you would get for Kyle Clutterbuck or Zach Parise, but someone will give up some kind of an asset for either of them. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if both of them go. Like, do you think it's realistic to expect the Islanders to trade every single one of these upcoming UFAs? I don't know how likely that is either, though. I don't know how likely it is. We're hearing a lot of interest with, with Zidane Ochara uh, and, and not really that much for Andy Green, which makes some sense, I suppose, um, in a way, just because Zidane Ochara is a bigger name than, than Andy Green is. Um, sorry, Andy, I guess, but I'm, I'm sure he knows that by now. Uh I could see them moving both, but the return isn't going to be anything special, right? Like, if, what, maybe a second-round pick at best next year for Andy Green? And I, even then, I think I'm I'm being too generous in the return. Yeah, it's probably going to be a future, and, like, not a 2022 future, like a 2023 pick, either a second or third round. Um, the Islanders gave up a 2022 seventh round pick for Brayden Corborn. I think it would be higher than that, but I don't know if it's going to be that same, you know, one year out second rounder that we saw a few years ago. Maybe it is. Maybe it's in that ballpark, but um, I, I wouldn't expect a whole lot, but it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you're getting, you're getting. Yeah, you're right. Expiring deal and a guy that's just like, you know, bottom pair lineup. Uh, player in the lineup, which is fine. And again, you're getting an extra pick, whatever. Like, if you draft someone good out of that, great. You know, what? you're going to lose him for nothing because Andy Green at 39 years old probably isn't coming back to the NHL next year. No, yeah, I don't think so. And the Islanders probably want to get Robin Salo and then upgrade, I would imagine, um, for the other lefty. That's right. And and with Charo, what we're looking at, like, fourth, fifth, six-round pick next year type of thing for him? Yeah, probably. I, I don't think you're getting much at all, which is fine, but uh, same boat. You just take whatever you get. Yeah, you took a kick at the can and you brought him in and, you know, whatever. It, it is what it is. Uh, if you get something out of it, great. And if it turns into something, because we've seen fourth, fifth-round picks turn into something before. Look at the last two fifth-round picks for the Islanders right now. Ethel Lucas and uh, Williams Full. Both of them Lights out in their respect, maybe not lights out, but full lights out in his respective league. And Ed Lucas is one hell of a player at uh, in the legal level. Um, both of them could eventually come to the Islanders in some capacity, in some bottom six capacity. But if you're getting a free bottom six player as a uh, player a couple years out because you held on to Andy Green, all right, fine, whatever, that's cool. Yeah, no, without a doubt. So uh, with that, shall we move to the other name that was rumored? Yes, and that's. <laughs> Josh Bailey, right? Yes, Josh Bailey, which is, uh, well, definitely not a polarizing figure for an Islanders <laughs> land. Um, I was I was kind of surprised to hear that, Mitch, to be honest with you. I'm not really. Kind of, I guess, maybe just because he's got that extra year on his contract, right? Or an extra two years on two his years, contract yeah. at $5 million. So that's what makes it a little bit more surprising. Am I surprised someone wants to bring in Josh Bailey? Not necessarily, no. Uh, we're talking about the Minnesota Wild here looking to uh, flush out or, or bring in more depth into their roster. And Josh Bailey would do that. So uh, it's, it's fine. It's just, it, it, what are we getting for him? 
That's that was my next question. I have no idea. I I don't even have like the slightest clue where I would begin this conversation. Right, because you could say on one hand, well, the Islanders are getting cap space, so that helps. Okay, but the Islanders aren't really dying for cap space either. They got fifteen million dollars worth of cap space next year. They're not saying like, please, oh, please, God, let's trade Josh Bailey. If we don't do that, we have to lose someone more important. No, they will hold all of their players and could still add like, let's say Philip Forsberg at eight million dollars and still be fine. Yeah, they totally could. Um, I don't I don't know how I don't know how to feel about this one. Like it, it depending on what the return would be. Obviously, I'm I'm interested, but. It just it, it caught me off guard because I thought no one would want to trade for that contract with two more years tacked onto it. Um, but I still think he does have value as a third-line player. I just think the Islanders have been playing him too high at this point. Yeah, he's like their third most utilized player this year or third most utilized forward this year in all situations, which is too much for Josh Bailey. He's got to be less than that. Um like he was the highest, he had the most ice time yesterday against Seattle. What yeah. are we doing here? That that's not supposed to be the case. Um, they they definitely rotated four lines, but you'd still think that a center would have more ice time than what seems to be a random winger at this point. But it is what it is. I'm not so sure he gets moved on my like barometer of, of will he or won't he move. I have him at like a twenty percent. He will move. Yeah, that might even be high. I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if I would put it that high. To be honest with you, you might be right. Right, it's the two years left at five million dollars. That's a lot. Like I don't know what the wild situation is in terms of, of the cap, and I'll, I'll bring it up now. But like they've got two point three million dollars worth of cap space right now. They'll have eleven million dollars worth of, of deadline cap space, so they'll be fine there. Mm-hmm. And obviously, going forward, I'm sure they'll have the room. Um, but. Do they not have big deals coming up? Like Kevin Fiala needs to be signed. Uh, Alex Galagossi, I guess that's not going to cost them a whole lot. That'll be a rebate for them if he ever even comes back. Like, I'm sure they can make it work. It's just, do you want to bring in a bottom six winger who's making $5 million for two more years? Um, Yeah, I guess if they value that, the experience that he brings and... I think there is still something left in the tank. Again, I think the issue was the Islanders have just been playing him in a role that he's not suited for right now. He like he shouldn't be on the power play. He shouldn't be playing on a top line uh, at this point in his career. I think if if you want to play him on your third line, you probably have a you know a, a forty to forty five point player, and that's pretty good. But you're right. I don't know if you want to bring sign up for two more years tacked on to this one already at that price. So I think that's why it caught me off guard to begin with. Yeah, and, and fair enough. Like, there's a lot there. Um, I'm not really sure. I, I'm not sure it happens. I, I'm not even thinking I want it to happen. We've seen with with Zidane Ochara, right? The the notion that they don't want to move him until he passes um, Chris Chelios, which will happen tomorrow. I. Don't think that they're going to do that with Josh Bailey, who's like, what, 164 games off of uh, passing, was it Brian Trotsky with, with the record, I believe it is? Yeah. Now, do they wait till he hits 1,000 games, which he's a lot closer to doing? Maybe. <laughs> I, I don't know. 
All right. Like, I don't think he can hit the 1,000 games this year. Josh is at, what, 951, I'm going to say. I'm trying to bring it up now, uh, but my internet is just saying, like, no, you may not pass. Basically, Gandalf is in my computer, apparently. Um, 959 is what he's at right now. So close. Um, To hit 1,000, I don't think he can do that this year, right? Math is obviously not my strong suit. At least quick mathematics. I'm good at math, just not good at quick math. No, he's going to be 41 games. There's not 41 games left. They've already played 46. He could hit it this year. Oh, my God. He could hit it this year, right? If he didn't have the COVID, yeah. Stupid COVID. Ruin everything. Just I just don't wait, obviously, to be like, oh, we've got to hit the 1,000 with the Islanders. It, it It is what it is. If someone is interested, might as well move him. But I, I do not see Josh Bailey moving at the trade deadline, I think is the overall point that we've got here. Yeah. And... I guess the there's one more guy who's kind of been brought up in my eyes, unless I'm missing someone else, but uh, Semyon Varlamov's name has been brought up a little bit. And he is someone who I, I think we're in lockstep on this one, Mitch. I thought he was someone who's going to go maybe in the off season. I didn't really look at him as someone who could be moved in season this year. I don't see it either, unless I, I'm missing something here. Can Edmonton make it work? Like, What team is looking for a starter? Like Edmonton. you, you, right? You can't think of too many teams that are like in a playoff position, going like, "God, I wish we had a goalie." You're probably well, not in a playoff position if you don't have one. The Islanders would probably have to take on Koskinen if they were to do that swap. Obviously, more. It's not going to be one for one, <laughs> obviously. But um, I think in in most cases, goalie trades include another goalie going the other way. Yeah, because there's only so many to go around. Um, and it's not like we're going to bring up Jakob Skarik, although maybe, I suppose. But the Islanders would want something out of it. Um, and, and Koskinen, who's expi- expiring, right? That That's a, a $500,000 cap saving for the Islanders. Too sweet. Um, but Koskinen's a UFA, so like it, it saves them. Hey, if Edmonton wants to do it, go for it. But um, they do not have the space, as far as I know. I, I guess... They they could maybe have the space because they're moving Koskinen, right? That's what they that's what they would have to do. Uh, and obviously there'd be picks involved. And Koskinen, it's it's not like you're saying Sorokin and Koskinen's your one two punch for the future. It's we're gonna get through the rest of this year and then figure out the hell who's gonna back up Ilya Sorokin going forward. But who knows if you get what what do you think you get for Simeon Varlamov if Edmonton wants him that badly? Uh first, so you're getting Koskinen back. Uh, a first and some random prospect, I think. Yeah, but I was going to say a first round pick would have to be involved, I would imagine. Yeah, easily, without a question, without a doubt. Like you're you're getting a guy who can be a nine twenty goalie, even like especially in the playoffs. Wees wants more than than just like here's some random garbage. No, no, we're holding out for a first because it's not just a rental. You have it for one more year after that too. So that's I think where the the extra value is if you were to make this in season. Yeah, exactly. And you're right. Like, I don't I don't see it happening in season. Although if you're Edmonton, you can't roll into the playoffs with, you know, the broken body of Mike Smith and the hope and a prayer that is Miko Koskinen. I wouldn't, but they might. <laughs> they very well might, Mitch. Don't <laughs> say right. that. There's a good chance that they roll into the playoffs that way. I agree. I would do it. If I were them, I would be doing everything in my power to look at some teams who are out of it who have an extra goalie. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey, call Lou Lamarillo and say, we have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisdaddle. We don't give a rat's ass about our first rounders. Take it. 
and uh, we'll give you our broken goalie, and you just deal with it for half a season that's lost anyway, and you're on your way. Yeah, and to be fair, they, we don't give a rat's ass about it either. We, we need that first-round pick not to be able to draft a prospect, although if we have to, whatever, great. Uh, this is going to be a good draft to do it in. But if we don't keep it, we've got it to move it. We'll put it in a, in, a, in a trade package for something else, right? Like, Which is exactly what the Islanders want to do come the trade deadline. So perfect. Right, and I think that's another important thing to look at too. Yes, having that first round there is good, but then you don't have to be like, okay, it was a down year, now we got to take two guys in the first round. Not necessarily. You can trade one of them and still have, hey, we still have our fir- a first round there from that year, but we also were able to trade something and get something that would have a first round value on it because of that extra pick. That's right. Like, you know, if Arizona wants to get another first round pick, they've already got three. Come on now. Why not? Right. Like you've got an extra one. Yo, Arizona, you want a fourth draft pick in, in a, what is supposed to be a pretty deep draft? You bet your bottom dollar they do. Yes, please. And give me Jacob Chitrin. Yeah. And then you give him maybe at this point, Josh Bailey's still around. Right. And, and that's that's somewhere I could see Josh Bailey going right to be a leader, to be an effective player in their top six, not even just a bottom six player. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. It would suck for him. But, you know, you're going somewhere warm at least, so there's something to that. And you get to be on a college campus. Maybe you can make some nice friends. (laughs) Just relive your youth while you go to Arizona when you're very much not in your youth anymore. Yeah, play frisbee with the guys. It's all good. Making millions of dollars playing, I don't know, whatever. What is the frisbee game everyone plays now? Can Jam? Sure, that. I love Can Jam. Perfect. Right, like that's exactly what... Josh Bailey could use as he's ending his NHL career. Perfect. Going into the twilight stages, that's for sure. Um, were there anyone else that you wanted to get into in this conversation? I feel like we covered all the rumors. I don't think there's anyone else that could be potentially moved. Like we've talked about Anthony Bovillia before, but if Anthony Bovillia is moving, it's because you're bringing in an upgrade. Yep. Um, either on defense or or up front. But I don't think the Islanders are are going into the trade deadline going, we gotta move this Bogid. Um Outside of that, there's really no one else. And I've seen it online, like, trade anyone. No, there really isn't a trade anyone um, mentality going on in the front office for the Islanders. It's it's really, we have some guys who are expiring. So we're looking to, to get something out of them and, and retool from that. Yeah, for I'll, I'll make it clear for the one billionth time, <laughs> it is a retool, not a rebuild. And uh, everything we just talked about, well, Fits that narrative, uh, a, a retool, not a blow it up. Yeah, the Islanders aren't in a position to blow it up. So uh, if you're uh, hammering that narrative, please stop. <laughs> Shall we get to down on the farm, Mitch, and transition to some of the Islanders' youth? Sure, let's do that. Simon Holmstrom put up a point today. Uh, he's been playing well of late, well, all, all season, really, for the Bridgeport Islanders. He's got 21 points in 45 games, which is six more than he had in his rookie year. He had 15 points in 45 games. And you're saying, well, cool, six extra points. He's been around for three years. Well, that that matters. That It really does. Like He was a really young player then, and he, he's trending in, in, the, in the right direction right now. That doesn't mean that he's going to break the NHL wide open no. but could he break into the NHL squad yeah next year he probably could I'm not saying he will but he's gonna have a chance to do so okay we, we gotta continue to see him trend in that direction uh, because it was a little bit of a rocky start to his pro career 
Yeah, injuries, COVID, all kinds of things, right? Like broken seasons going all over the place in, in the mm-hmm. second year. Just wasn't really the best uh, introduction to uh, life as a pro in North America. But I think he's got it under control now and, and he's trending up, which is what you want to see. It is taking a little bit of time, but, you know, like Lou says, if you got time, take it. And that's what we've got with Simon Holmstrom. We've got time and we're taking it. Yeah, without a doubt. Then there's Alex Jeffries, who over the weekend had three goals. But if you extrapolate that a little bit more, over his last 11 games, he has 11 points with six goals and five assists. Now, that sounds that, pretty good. Yeah, that's important because his first year, last year, he played 10 games last year and had 11 points. Sorry, he played 12 games and had 10 points. So he's played effectively more obviously but he's got in this recent sample size he's got essentially a replication of last year you take that as just clear two different chunks and he's a point per game player he's on 20 points in 28 games at the college level right now in year two that's that's a really big jump for a second year player it um, is. at this at the start of the year play people were saying like he does not standing out and, and he wasn't but he is standing out now and uh he's he's doing something year two we'll see what happens in year three and if we even need a year four, I, at, at this rate, I don't think we're going to need one, but we'll reserve judgment for year number three. Yeah, absolutely. So good to see him trending in the right direction after a slow start. Chalk that up as a win. Yeah, and like this is a fourth round pick, right? We talked about this earlier. This is a fourth round pick in 2020. This is not necessarily a, a dart at the board, but it basically is. You're getting there going like it's fourth round. We can go either way. Like they, they jumped hard at the third round that year um, to take Alex Lundgren's. But you've got a guy now that, you know, you're turning into something at the college level going, all right, like we'll see how this goes. But so far, so good on, on, on for the, the scouts there for the Islanders. Um, the third and final one I wanted to get to, and I don't know if you want to talk about anyone specifically, is Mitchell Vandelsoppel. Because things have started to trend negatively for him. He's not having the impact he was having at the beginning of the year on the score sheet. Uh, trending out of favor type of thing. Like you got Robin Salo, Samuel Budzik kind of trending upwards. Parker Wortherspoon having a bigger impact as well. Not so much for Mitchell Vanessopel, who's one of the older prospects in the prospect pool. You'd think he'd stand out a lot more. And it just seems to have petered out for him at the pro level. I was going to say, I feel like his name has been around forever what, what draft class is he 2015 i believe 2016 but you you could be right he's 25 so that makes sense. i don't know if he's turning 26 i'm not sure of his actual birth date here um but let, let's bring that up here for the draft class of course internet is just 2015 third round pick yeah it's been a while for him yeah so He's got 12 points in 36 games, not really standing out. He's got that one missed season in 1920 because he had he was injured and just missed a year. Um, just just kind of plateauing at the pro level. So do you think the Islanders just let him go? Is he uh, is his contract expiring? His contract, I believe, is expiring. Both him and Parker Wortherspoon are expiring this year, I believe. There still are a phase, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just bring it up. Yes, they're be. both are a phase. So is Grant Hodden. They're going to keep Parker, I would imagine. Parker's a year younger, at least in terms of age today. Um, and Grant Hutton, I'm sure they'll keep as well. So, um, yeah, I, I could see him walking, but you still have control over him. And if he wants to stay, then why not? Why not yeah, call him and see what happens? No, you could. I was just curious because 
if the production's not there, and it seems like guys are leapfrogging him in the system. They are. They might not, right? Like, do something like Bebo, where you don't sign him, or you don't qualify him, but you sign him as a pro anyways. Keep him around, but you're you're not expecting an NHL career out of him. No, which is fine. Not everyone's going to make it, and he's a, you know, a third rounder, so it happens. Yeah, that's right. So that's what I've got as the uh, the latest on the prospect pool. Is there anyone you wanted to talk about in the prospect pool? Is there a Aturatu update, or is he just doing his thing? He's doing his thing, man. They're first in the league. Um, he is absolutely flying out there. Just He's a point per game. I believe he's 28 points in 29 games. It might actually be higher. I think it's 30. Let me get it right here. Yeah, 31 and 31. 12 goals, 19 assists with Yukurut. Um He's up there, man. I, I'm not sure where he stands in terms of these standings uh, for production, but he's top 20, I'm going to say, in terms of production right now. It could be even higher than that right now. Um, let me just bring it up. 31 points. Where is he? Aturatu. Sorry, he's got 32 points. He's got that extra point with uh, with Karpat. So he's exactly 17th in the league in terms of scoring with 32 points in 30, 37 games. If you just look at his Yukuda uh, production, he would be probably 20th sign, uh, tied with Simon Stransky, who is his teammate. Okay. So that's pretty freaking good. And he's 19. 19! Ah! Love it. Can't wait for him to come over to North America. Yeah, uh, it's going to happen next year. Well, I don't know that for a fact, but his contract is up and he has pretty much said it and the Islanders have said it as well. Like, There's no reason not to have him in North America next year. Read the tea leaves. It's okay yeah. to make assumptions here. Yeah, I like I, I could text him, but I, he's going to be like, well, I'll wait, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be there next year. <laughs> Love it. So, all right, shall we try our luck at the quiz this week, Mitch? Let's do it. So this week's quiz comes from Bill Austin. That's a patron. If you haven't subscribed yet, go to patreon.com slash eyes on aisles. Get post-game coverage, all kinds of wicked Discord stuff. Um, Bill gave me the idea for this week's clue, so our, our mystery islander. So are you ready, Matt? Are you ready to guess and see who this person is? I'm ready. Let's do it, man. All right. One. I was signed by the Boston Bruins as a 21-year-old. Next. Two. I played 21 games for the Boston Bruins, but also played for five different NHL teams. One of them being the Boston Bruins. Sorry. Five, including the Bruins. Five, including the Bruins. Uh... Next. Three. I was traded to and from the Islanders almost three years apart. Exactly three years apart. It was January 5th, 1975, and then January 10th, 1978. He was traded away from the Islanders. Okay, next. In 78, I was traded to the Barons with Jean Potvin. Oh, I should know this. Damn it. You'll get it. You'll get it at number five for sure. I hope so. <laughs> you usually just give up their name, but I didn't do that this time. I'm wait go ahead. I don't know. I don't five. Have this. My son plays for the team now, finally. <laughs> JP Parise. Yes, sir. There you go. So thank you, Bill, for that one. Uh, I have one in the docket for next week. It's a Spiz special, so that's going to be a fun for you, my friend. Oh, good. Okay. Uh, it's going to be like some random player who's played once for the team in like 1992 or something like that, I bet. Probably. 
<laughs> Probably. He's got like his brother's sister's twin or something like that. And uh, anyways, it's going to be some crazy thing. That was a good one. I enjoyed that. It was a thinker, but I finally got it. Yeah. Good job. Good job, Bill. Thank you for that. Absolutely. To the social segment, we will go. Let's move this along. We'll see what's going around on Isles Twitter. Mitch, what stood out to you this week? Uh, first things up, uh, Isles Fix. If you haven't subscribed, please do so. The mail, uh, the mailbag. It's not a mailbag. The newsletter. There we go. I know words. Uh, is fantastic. I read it every morning. Um, and so they, they picked out something from, I believe it's Kevin Kerr's article. I, I haven't read it just yet, just because I haven't had time to, but... Um, he speaks to Mike Milbury about Zidane Chara, and he's going, according to the former general manager, the Islanders had a trade in place with the Boston Bruins to send Zidane Chara to Boston um, <clears throat> to acquire Jason Allison for Chara. Team ownership vetoed it, though, because depth forward Dave Scattered, Scatchard, my God, I can't pronounce that, was among the players who would have been headed to Boston. And according to Milbury, they liked Dave Scatchard because he visited sick kids in the hospital. That's noble, but it's stupid to make that deal. To not make that deal. <laughs> that's, that's true. It's, it's very nice of him to do that. Great guy, but that just kind of shows you what, it, what happens when you let the inmates run the asylum. Yeah. Could you not get someone else to be like, hey, um... I don't know, whoever else. Could you go visit the sick kids this weekend? No? Well, we'll find someone. You got like 20 guys plus to send to the sick kids hospital. Come on. Someone's yeah, going to want to oh do that. God. Brutal. Well, my I, I should go with my, this one. I was going to go with my other one, but I'll go with this one because it's also from Isles Fix. Uh, they say, Barry Trotz FaceTimed Leo Komarov with the players that were skating this morning. He was beaming with the medal around his neck. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Uncle Leo for winning a medal over at the Olympics. Not too bad, huh? Uncle Leo, weird fronts, winning gold medal. Unbelievable. Good job, Team Finland. Absolutely. They were the one of the favorites going into the tournament. I'm not surprised that they won gold. No, no, me neither. Good for them. They deserve it. And uh, yeah, Valtteri Filippula and Leo Komarov back in action once again. Good job by them. Mine here comes from at hockey underscore samurai who says Pat Lafontaine played one year of junior hockey in Quebec and here are his numbers. 70 games played, 104 goals, 130 assists for 234 points. <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine being the poor sucker trying to go against Pat Lafontaine? Like insane, just absolutely insane levels of. Pretty. He had the one year, and then the Islanders drafted him third overall. They're like, "You're in the show, kid. Let's go." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you blame them? Not at all. Not at all. Right? They've had success pulling out high scoring players from the QMJHL before. Yeah, it worked. Um, wow, those numbers are unreal, though. Oh my god. Right, and like they drafted him. What it was it? Eighty three. They drafted him third overall. I, yes, I would think so, right? I'm pretty sure. So they win the cup that year, and they draft third overall because they made a, a wicked trade with the Barons, uh, J.P. Parise. I I don't think it was the J.P. Parise trade. but No, it couldn't have been. No, but they make a trade. They send a couple of vets over to them, and then they get a, a first-round pick a couple of years down the line. Turns out the Barons sucked. <gasps> Odd that if expansion franchise in the freaking 70s wouldn't be very good for a couple of years. Um, was bad, and sure enough, they were. They get the third overall, and it's Pat Lafontaine. <laughs> yeah, they lucked out, for sure. Uh, my last one comes from Sportnet Stats. It says, Isles Adeno Chara plays in his 
1,651st career game, tying Chris Chelios for the most among defensemen in NHL history. With his next game, he will tie Mark Ritchie for his seventh most in NHL history among all skaters. I mean, just we talk about it all the time, but just truly what a run it's been for Zidane. I know this year hasn't been phenomenal for him, but hat tip to him. Good stuff. Yeah, and, and by phenomenal, I think you're trying to say like the Islanders aren't really good, and, and, and that's true, but, but that's not all on him. He hasn't been great, but very few players for the Islanders have. Uh, he's done remarkably well considering his the, the position they're putting him in and, and what he can offer to the game at this point. It is not what they're asking him to do, uh, but it, it is what it is, so it, he's done well, and, and good job by him. 44 years old, still playing at the NHL level and playing 20 minutes a night, you know, not fantastically well, but still clearly an NHL player. My God, I, I freaking wish. Yeah, that'd be nice. I wish. <laughs> he's still like, oh man, anyways. Uh, my last one here comes from Matt, not you, another one, at Islanders underscore takes. Twitter today be filled with takes like, oh my God, lost to Montreal, season over. Like the season wasn't over almost six weeks ago, lol. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, it wasn't good. We were down bad after that loss, but um, yeah, it, it happened. It, yeah, I I obviously held out long, uh, longer than... Is before the Montreal game, I believe, when we called it, right? I don't remember. Yeah, really it was remember. after the Seattle game, the first one. Right. So, like, that's when we were like, it's done, it's over, thanks for, uh, thanks for good, GG, basically. But uh, the Montreal game was certainly a nail in the coffin if you weren't already there, clearly. Yeah, it was, it was a rough go, it's been a rough season, but gotta try to laugh a little bit along the way. Absolutely. Hey, we got the trade deadline coming up, maybe we get something good out of it. There you go. So with that, speaking of getting something good, you could also get some bonus content from us at patreon.com slash eyes on aisles for five bucks a month. You get a post game podcast after every single game, a mailbag show once a week, which we're about to record and a discord community of great Islanders fans. It's worth your while. Check it out, please. You could also follow along with us on social media at Twitter eyes on aisles FS Mitch's Twitter's uh, TLO Mitch. My Twitter is Matt O'Leary and why Facebook for Eyes on Isles is facebook.com slash eyes on Isles. You can download the fan-sided app and get us there. You can visit the website, eyesonisles.com, and get our articles there. And also, while you're listening to this, please make sure to subscribe. Give a rating and review. really helps us out a lot. We appreciate all the love and support. Isn't that right, Mitch? Always love uh, the uh, the support here. We've got 16 questions in the mailbag. Some of them a little long, but... Uh there's going to be a lot of reading, a lot of cuck-ups for me because I have a hard time reading because I take my glasses off for these, which is probably a bad idea, but full of outtakes coming up, that's for sure. That's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for tuning in once again. I'm Matt O'Leary. He is Mitch Anderson, and we'll talk to you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? 
Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.